0: Is it possible for a ghost to manifest physical proof of its appearance and to predict the future? This is Mark Lyon. Welcome to The Other Realm. Throughout my life, I have collected true accounts left to us by those who have inadvertently crossed the invisible threshold from our world into the realm of the supernatural and return to tell the tale. These are their stories. John Lepore, the Earl of Tyrone, and Nicholas Sophie Hamilton were both orphaned in their infancy and came to be raised at the same time and in the same house by the same guardian. Although their guardian died when they were in their early teens and they were then separated, being sent off to live with different guardians, the two remained close and devoted friends, visiting each other whenever possible. Years passed. And Nicola married Sir Tristram Marcus Beresford, becoming Lady Beresford. In October of 1693, Sir Tristram and Lady Beresford were visiting their sister, Lady McGill, at Gill Hall, County Down, Ireland, when Sir Tristram awoke early one morning and, without waking his wife, went out walking before breakfast. When Lady Beresford arrived later at the breakfast table, she appeared pale and in distress. Are you all right, my dear? Sir Tristram inquired. There's no cause for concern, she answered. I am perfectly well. Sir Tristram then noticed a black ribbon bound tightly around her wrist. You've hurt your wrist. Have you sprained it? he asked. No, she replied. But you will never see me without this ribbon, and if you love me, you will never ask me about it again. I have never asked anything of you before, but I do ask you this. Very well. Since you so earnestly desire it, I shall inquire no further, he promised. Lady Beresford then asked if any letters had arrived. No, Sir Tristram replied. Are you expecting a letter? yes she answered i expect to hear that lord tyrone has died i expect to hear that he died last tuesday at four o'clock sir Tristram was quite surprised by this as he had never thought his wife to believe in portents or in any other way be superstitious however it was not long before a servant entered the room with letters one of which bore a black wax seal. "'It is as I had expected. He is dead,' she said softly." The letter from Lord Tyrone's steward confirmed her worst fear. Lord Tyrone had died in Dublin the previous Tuesday at four in the evening. "'Now that I know it's true,' she said, trying to smile through her tears, I can share with you news which you have desired for some time. I am with child, and it will be a boy. And indeed, the following July, Lady Beresford, who had already given birth to two daughters, was delivered of a son, Marcus. Unfortunately, Sir Tristram was only to live six more years and Lady Beresford raised her family at her husband's home near a village in the Irish countryside, far away from society. She rarely left her house or received friends or neighbors, with the one exception of Mr. and Mrs. Jackson, who were relatives of Sir Tristram, and the Jackson's brother-in-law, a Colonel Richard Gorges, Although much younger than Lady Beresford, The colonel became enamored of her, and after three years of courtship, the couple married in 1704. Colonel Gorges, however, was described by one who knew him as being the most abandoned libertine, utterly destitute of every principle of virtue and humanity. He treated Lady Beresford with both cruelty and neglect and after having borne two more daughters and another son, she insisted upon a separation. Four years later, however, Colonel Gorgias returned and won over by apologies for his past conduct and promises that he had completely changed. She accepted him back and bore him yet another child. While still recovering in bed from the recent birth, the day of her birthday arrived and she decided to celebrate the day with a small party one of the first to arrive was dr king the archbishop of dublin the now elderly clergyman who had in his youth christened her in the course of their conversation lady beresford said you know i am forty eight today no my lady the clergyman replied you are only forty-seven, for your mother had a dispute with me once on the very subject of your age, and in consequence I consulted the registry, and I can most confidently assert that you are only forty-seven this day. Lady Beresford turned pale. You have signed my death warrant, she said, I have not much longer to live, and I have many things of grave importance to settle before I die. Send my son and my daughter to me immediately. When Sir Marcus Beresford and her married daughter, Lady Riverston, arrived at her bedside, Lady Beresford said, My dear children, I have something of deep importance to communicate to you before I die. You are no strangers to the intimacy and the affection which subsisted in early life between Lord Tyrone and myself. We were brought up by a guardian who raised us in the tenets of deism. When our guardian died, we were separated and raised by new guardians, each of whom attempted, without success, to convert us to Christianity uncertain as to what we should believe many years ago we made a pact promising that if there is such a thing as life after death whoever should die first should appear to the other one night she continued i was sleeping with your father at gill hall when i suddenly awoke and discovered lord tyrone sitting by the side of the bed I screamed out, and vainly endeavored to rouse Sir Tristram, "'Lord Tyrone!' I exclaimed. "'Why are you here this time of night? "'Have you forgotten our promise to each other?' "'Lord Tyrone answered. "'I died on Tuesday, at four o'clock, "'and I have been permitted by the Supreme Being to appear to you. "'I am also suffered to inform you that you are with child.' and will produce a son, a son who will one day marry my daughter. I am also here to inform you that Sir Tristram will not live long, and you will marry again to a man whose ill-treatment will make you miserable, and you will die from the effects of childbirth in your forty-seventh year. Can I not prevent this? Lady Beresford asked undoubtedly you can lord tyrone assured her you are a free agent and may prevent it by resisting a second marriage but your passions are strong you know not their power more than that i am not permitted to say may i ask she inquired if you are happy had i been otherwise he answered i would not have been permitted to appear to you I may then infer that you are happy, she asked. Lord Tyrone smiled in response. But when morning comes, how shall I be convinced that your appearance to me has been real and not a mere phantom of my imagination, Lady Beresford asked. Will not the news of my death be sufficient to convince you, Lord Tyrone replied. No, she said i might merely have had a dream which came to pass i need stronger proof in response lord tyrone waved his hand and caused the hangings of the bed to be drawn up in an unusual and impossible manner through an iron hook no mortal hand could have done that he said but lady beresford was still not satisfied you have a pocket book here in which I will write my name. You know my handwriting, Lord Tyrone answered as he inscribed his signature. But perhaps in my sleep it might be possible for me to imitate your writing, said the still incredulous Lady Beresford. You are hard of belief, Lord Tyrone responded. I must not touch you. It would harm you irreparably i can withstand a mere blemish she replied you are a woman of courage hold out your hand lord tyrone instructed i did and he clasped my wrist his hand was cold as marble lady beresford recalled in a moment the sinews shrank up every nerve withered now while you live ''Let no mortal see that wrist,'' he warned her. ''It would be a sacrilege.'' A moment later, Lord Tyrone was gone. ''While I was conversing with him, my thoughts were calm,'' ''Lady Beresford continued. ''But as soon as he disappeared, I felt chilled with horror and dismay. ''A cold sweat came over me, and I again endeavored but vainly to awaken your father.'' Then a flood of tears came to my relief, and I fell asleep. In the morning, your father got up without disturbing me. He had not noticed anything extraordinary about me or the bed hangings. When I did arise, I found a long broom in the gallery outside the bedroom door and with great difficulty i unhooded the curtain fearing that the position of it might excite surprise and cause inquiry i bound up my wrist with black ribbon before i went down to breakfast where the agitation of my mind was too visible not to attract attention your father made many anxious inquiries as to my health especially as to my wrist I begged him to drop all questions as to the ribbon, and he kindly promised me not to speak of it any more, and he kept his promise faithfully. You, my son, came into this world as predicted, and your father died six years after i then determined to abandon society and its pleasures and not mingle again with the world hoping to avoid the dreadful predictions as to the second marriage but alas i met colonel gorges and though i struggled to conquer by every means my passion i at length yielded to his solicitations and in a fatal moment i became his wife In a few years, his conduct fully justified my demand for a separation, and I fondly hoped to escape the fatal prophecy. Under the delusion that I had passed my 47th birthday, I was prevailed upon to believe in his amendment and to pardon him and have another child as i have now however heard from an undoubted authority that i am only forty-seven this day i know that i am about to die when i am gone i wish that you my children should unbind this black ribbon and alone behold my wrist before i am consigned to the grave an hour and a half later lady beresford was dead lady riverston knelt by her mother's bed and slowly unbound the black ribbon from her wrist and found the place where lord tyrone had touched her to be exactly as lady beresford had said every nerve withered every sinew shrunk in the years which followed Lady Beresford's son, Sir Marcus, did indeed, as had been predicted, marry Lord Tyrone's daughter. An account of these events was recorded by Lady Betty Cobb, Lady Beresford's granddaughter, who also preserved the handbook containing Lord Tyrone's signature and the black ribbon in her home in Bath. Although the handbook and the ribbon have become lost, The writer and first cousin of Sir Winston Churchill, Sir Shane Leslie, has written that he clearly recalled being shown the ribbon. There are two intriguing postscripts to the story. For years, a portrait of Lady Beresford hung in a drawing room of Tyrone House in Dublin, along with other family portraits, a portrait which clearly showed a small, elegantly attired woman wearing a black ribbon round her wrist. When, in 1835, the Marquis of Waterford sold the house to the British government, a Mr. Watkins, the art dealer in charge of moving paintings to Curraghmore House, the family seat in County Waterford, singled out the portrait of Lady Beresford for especially careful handling. When the paintings arrived at Curraghmore House, however, the portrait was not among them. Although Mr. Watkins did everything possible in an attempt to discover what had happened to Lady Beresford's portrait, the painting has yet to be found. And then there is the incident related by the Irish painter and writer James Reynolds in his book James Reynolds, Ireland. Reynolds writes, Miss Charlotte Dawson once told me that she had occasion to go to Tyrone House in 1910 when it was used by a firm of publishers of educational literature. The day was overcast and no lights had been lit in the waiting room, which had once during Tyrone's tenure been used as a breakfast room. She distinctly saw a small, Elegantly dressed woman walk past her and stand for a moment before the fireplace. The woman turned and smiled at Miss Dawson and put her right hand out in greeting. A wide black ribbon band encircled the wrist. Miss Dawson told me she immediately remembered the story of Lady Beresford and Deism. The figure wavered for a moment, then put her finger to her lips and disappeared out of the door she'd come in by. Later, when she made inquiries of the publisher, he smiled and said the woman wearing the wide black ribbon band on her wrist was often reported to have been seen by members of the staff always she seemed bent on secrecy of some sort for she made the gesture of touching the lips with her finger and gazing back over her shoulder This is Mark Lyon, inviting you to join me on the first day of every month as we explore more true tales from The Other Realm. The Other Realm is a production of Wind Whistle Theatre. Our music was composed by Dan Heflin. Support for The Other Realm has been provided by HauntedIsles.com, offering private and small group tours of haunted Britain and Ireland, and by Heftone Studios, producers of Phantoms of the Holbrook, a docudrama relating true events occurring at what well may be the most haunted hotel in the entire world, and Natalized a modern retelling of the German legend of the Lorelei, and by Windwhistle Press, publishers of Jesse Adelaide Middleton's classic trilogy of true tales of the supernatural, The White Ghost Book, The Grey Ghost Book, and its sequel, Another Grey Ghost Book, and Lep Castle, The House of Horrors, by Mildred Darby, and San Francisco Ghosts by Mark Lyon.